Pulse Podcast. Yes, this is the Wayne Holtz Podcast. Thank you for coming back once again this week. And thank you to all the new fans. We've gotten so much uh, of a good response. I'm going to leave that on a little bit. Um, online, on our Instagram, at the Wayne Holtz Podcast, or on our Facebook. It's been actually great enough that we got some sponsors this week. Uh, fantastic La Santa Luna is a fashion house based out of San Antonio, Texas. They specialize in hand-curated collections of clothing and accessories that embody the edgy, dark side of fashion. Make sure to shop LaSantaLuna.big. Gart Cartel, excuse me, LaSantaLuna.BigCartel.com. They actually had an event recently at La Botanica, a fantastic vegan restaurant and bar here in San Antonio, Texas. You think vegan food is just for hippies? Well, think again, babe. La Botanica is there changing the negative stereotypes around plant-based food. Their food is a full is full of all the same flavors as your abuela used and at a great price. Make sure to check them out for happy hour every day from 4 to 9. Also, next weekend, make sure to hit up their events on Friday. Move DJs will be there on the 22nd. And the Fiesta de la Tierra event will be on Saturday, which is free and open to the public. Come celebrate Mother Earth with us, baby. And recently at La Botanica, we caught a performance from Tamara Adira's Arte y Pasión group, which includes legendary Chayito, the first American-born flamenco dancer in America. Arte y Pasión, led by dancer and artistic director Tamara Idira, is a company known for pushing the boundaries of flamenco and Spanish dance. Known for being one of the most contemporary Spanish dance companies in the country, each performance is visually stunning and a theatrical event. The mission of Arte y Pasión is to share and promote the authentic art of flamenco while exploring evolution and subject matter www.arte-e.pasion.com and check them out on facebook <laughs> i love our sponsors we i really couldn't be here without them it is such an honor that they decided to invest their their money and their business and their faith in me and we are sitting here in you were also you were just listening to Black Attack, which is a song by me, your host Wayne Holtz, H O L T Z. You can download it free on my Bandcamp, WayneHoltz.Bandcamp.com. So I am here. I started making music around a year ago, and uh, I make it here in San Antonio, Texas. And one of the things that really pushed me to make music was the different. Um, artists in San Antonio. There are so many different kinds of artists that are, are in San Antonio and the surrounding areas that have done major things all over the world. And uh, coming up on the 10-year anniversary of Girl in a Coma, I'm actually sitting here with the lead singer uh, and solo recording artist in her own right, Nina Diaz. How are you doing, Nina? Hi, hon. You did th all of that was a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> no pun in ah. <laughs> The saliva is drooling. It's, it's coming out, that's for sure. You know, I gotta thank you communications arts high school for really giving me my education and speaking mm -hmm. quickly when you need it it's great yes i'm really happy to be here on your podcast thank you no thank you and we're actually here on the heels of you releasing actually on the the high heels of you releasing your new solo album the beat mm -hmm. is dead mm -hmm. how has the reception been for that actually i can answer for you it's been fantastic <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it but tell me been. how you feel. It has been. And you know, and as do a lot of the fans out there that have been waiting for that album, that it's been a good time, a long time coming. It was like, after I decided to do the whole solo thing, it was right after I got sober and I'm four years sober now. So after three years, it finally, after all the business side of things and the waiting, bam, it's out. It, got, it came out in October last year. And majority of the people are really happy about it. A lot of the Girl in a Coma fans, of course, are waiting for the next Girl in a Coma album. And then when I did the Trick Handle video, which you helped me, you helped choreograph the dance moves, which looks fabulous and awesome. And a lot of people were like, why is she dancing like that? What is she wearing? Like, they need to fire her publicist. Like, a lot of, like, there was some never read the comments, but of course, this is a new right. thing, so I'm going to read the comments. Read the comments, girl. Yeah. And sacrifice yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. So there was a little bit of that, but and of course, it hurt my feelings because I'm a woman, you know, and I'm, I just have feelings and I care. And then it just woke me up to, to have even more power in... The kind of artist I am that I write my own music, I look the way I look. I'm not skin and bones, you know, like I have hips and I love to dance. So I'm going to be proud about of that and show that instead of it knocking me down thinking, oh, I need to look like what you think I should look like. So I found some strength in it in the end. You know, that's something new that I'm learning with the solo stuff, because with Girl in a Coma, we all would just see the backlash and stuff together. And now this, it's just me. Like, I, I'm, I'm taking it as it comes. And the girls have been really supportive through it all. And they have Faya, you know, like their project. But overall, I think people are pretty excited about me and, and my solo venture. And this isn't going to be the last solo album. I think it's just the beginning, you know. <laughs> Oh, definitely and you know it's kind of like on uh, a sitcom when the new character comes in and why did they get rid of that person yeah. or whatever yeah. you know and then you grow to love them sometimes people just need a little bit of time to adjust to things exactly. you know to get comfortable exactly. it's like Aunt Viv the second Aunt Viv on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air you know you <laughs> you know you love those seasons and you know you love the original Aunt Viv so um that's fantastic yes I actually you know we met um I was a bit of a novice to Girl in the Coma at the time. Mm -hmm. And of course, I had heard your name and a Girl in the Coma name for so many years. But I really, you know, got to know you through you, which is interesting mm -hmm. um, because that's the road you're kind of pursuing right now in your career as well. Mm -hmm. And you uh, approached me to help you loosen up for the Trick Candle video, which I think is fantastic and has been played all over the world. I yeah. actually, um, let's have a little bit of a listen so people know what we're talking about. Let's check out Trick Candle from Nina Diaz's solo debut, The Beat is Dead. so edgy and powerful and you know i really remember the first time i heard it that intro i think is one of the things that really makes a song it, it lays down the 
the attitude of the mm-hmm. album. It is the opening track on the album, guys, which you can get on iTunes right now. and Or at uh, your website, which is? NinaDiazMusic.com. I love it. Mm-hmm. And so that's really cool. And one of the first time I actually, I believe, saw you perform that live. Because you, you've played with so many um, fantastic artists over the years, opening for them, touring for them. I'm touring with them, excuse me. And one of the most recent times was at Untapped Music Festival here in San Antonio, Texas, right. where you played with um, the likes of one of my favorites, Tokyo Police Club, mm-hmm. and Metric, of course. Mm-hmm. So how have those solo shows been going um, all over America, actually? You just got back from a tour a few months ago. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's the different thing, too. In Girl in a Coma, you know, I started that when I was 13, and... We, our first tour, I was 16, and it was just bang, 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 tour after tour after tour, album, tour, album. So I was used to, and my body was used to a certain life of, oh, we make an album, we go on the road, we make an album, we go on the road. So when the solo stuff hit, it was more of, I made the album, we wait. You know, like, and it was new, I was going crazy. And, and of course, that gave me time to find my members that and for my band and to kind of, because really we only had a short amount of time to get that chemistry and connection that it takes years for bands to get. So I wanted people to see when they saw the live performance that these aren't just musicians for hire up there with me. Like, they're my band, you know, although they're playing the stuff that I've already written, you know, but they put their own little twists on it. And I tell them, you know, even though this is the part, make it your own because I'm not going to be crazy over like every single note like the idea is just all of us having fun up there and that's what I want the audience to see because that's what they're used to seeing as well in Girl in a Coma so we've done a couple of tours we've hit the west coast a couple times the east coast and it's been overall it's growing you know I'm not expecting the same crowds as Girl in a Coma you know of course I'd be really happy if there's at least 10 people in the audience you know in some of these markets you know but we do great in LA New York some of the cities that take so long to get a decent crowd in I'm really grateful that a lot of the work I did in Girl in a Coma is making it a little easier with the solo stuff but there's still its own trials and 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 stuff to go over in the solo stuff it's not an easy ride just because of the Girl in a Coma it just makes me that much more ahead you know but I am starting from scratch with a lot of things but when it comes to connections I've made some connections so I'm gonna use them you know what I mean like I'm not gonna be prideful like I'm gonna be like yeah remember me and listen to this now and a lot of people are willing to take the chance on me even before the album was out usually a lot of venues we were trying to hit up they're like um can we just get girl in a coma like when we, and then you know my can we team, at least just put the name on yeah, the flyer yeah that's what they would do for a long nina diaz from girl in a coma you know and, and i understand that even on my album it says the debut solo album of nina diaz from girl in a coma and i understand it for you know, reference yeah so, exactly yeah. i get it i get it eventually i like to just be known as nina you know and drop the diaz you know do that eventually oh yes well you know if you think about how many fantastic classic you know rock and roll stars started in bands and did their mm-hmm. own solo careers it's more than fathomable oh yeah and for the people who don't know uh i am talking to nina diaz of oh, wait you i mean you heard this but if you don't know <laughs> who girl in a coma is uh, the touring and recording artist of the last 
10 years who have played with um, and toured with people like Tegan and Sarah, Smashing Pumpkins. They performed on several different shows, including the Carson Daly show and touring Europe with Morrissey, which I'm sure was uh, incredible. Uh, Can you give me a few highlights of that? Definitely. Okay, so Morrissey was our first big tour. Like we did our own headlining things and we went with some bands at our level and we were doing our own tour on the East Coast. And we had already met Boz, who is Morrissey's musical director, his guitar player in the group. And Morrissey okay. and Boz is one of the original members of Morrissey Solo that has been there the longest, actually. So we met Boz first when I was 17, because that's when I dropped out of school in junior year to go do a recording. Because um, Congratulations. Yeah, and I got my GED, <laughs> though. I got my GED. But um, we had a manager at the time that was friends with Boz. And so he connected us together and Boz is like, okay, yeah, I'll record y'all. Come over here to London. So that's when I dropped out of school and I was like, mom, I gotta go do this. And then so I went and recorded. We stayed friends with Boz and we kept in contact. And then when we were on the road and Morrissey happened to be in New York at the same time we were in New York and he had to let go of his opening act. So Boz was like, Hey, do y'all want to get on the bill? So we had a show booked that night. We were like, all right, bye. Like, we <laughs> we got to go over to the Morrissey show. Like hopefully we'll, we'll make it up to you. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully yeah. you'll just be over there already. You yeah. Know? So that began our relationship with Morrissey and we did like a good little East Coast run with him. And then he was like, well, not him particularly, but their team were they're like, do you want to do overseas with us? We're like, of course, you know, and it was it's I can get glimpses. I, I was actually sober during that time. I think I only drank a little bit, which was ridiculous because there was like wine every time in the dressing room. I always choose oh. to be sober at the randomest times. And with wine too. Well, I don't. I'm. I, I'm not really a wine drinker because I'll just take a nap. You know yeah. I mean? So I can understand. Yeah, it would just it. make me really warm and <laughs> yeah. like very in- inviting, and I didn't want to oh, be mm-hmm. like that. Oh yeah, not in no, not in Europe, girl. You no, can't be too inviting uh-uh, uh-uh, <laughs> over there. They leave me behind there, but it was. It was very good for us to know how to attack a tour, a big tour. It was very much like get on the stage, play your show, get off the stage, go put your stuff away. You know how sometimes things can linger and, you know, like people pack up their stuff on stage. And they want to talk to people on the stage. Yeah, which is like. Lovely. Yeah, but you. uh, that's why I always say, give me a moment. I'm going to pack this up. I'll meet you at the merch table. Like, it's nothing to be mean. It's like, there's another band after me. I got to get off so they can get set up, you know, because they're worried about their show. I don't want to freak them out. So Morrissey's The Tour taught us that of it's like Morrissey boot camp in a way of like get up there do your thing get off and be respectful and we stayed out of his way there was one time because <laughs> he's a very private person yes, you know, and yes. which is understandable you know and one time he was walking through the hall and I don't know why but I just turned to the wall and covered my face co- to not make eye contact I thought like <laughs> I can't make eye contact with him like I don't know oh my why. god that's, that sounds like something I would do just like face yeah, plants the yeah. wall <laughs> Yeah, I just got scared. And then Fani said that he kind of laughed because I did that. And I was like, oh. But the last show that we had with him, we always usually give a gift to people that we've opened up for just as a thank you. And we got him uh, a tie. And then his bodyguard uh, came to our dressing room and was like, Morrissey would like to come and talk to you. 
to me and the girls, and we're like, okay. And then Marcy popped up, and they had a bottle of champagne, and they smoke came also and see yeah, us like all room. this like, <laughs> glitter and fabulousness. Oh, and then he came inside, and Fanny's the one that really showed me Morrissey. Of course, Fanny and Jen got in it together, but Fanny was kind of the main one, was like, hey, this is Morrissey and the Smiths. So when he came into the dressing room, I was like, sit next to Fanny, you know, because I wanted him to sit next to her because I knew like she would just like freak out. So I wanted to see like her reaction to it. And it was just awesome talking to him really quick. We just talked about, because we were in Paris and it was at the Olympia which is one of the last places that Jeff Buckley ever played, and I'm a huge Jeff Buckley fan. So we kind of talked about that for a little while, and then he said thank you, and we said thank you, and that was it. He has beautiful blue eyes, and he smells like like church, like incense, hmm. like a very comforting smell. Yeah, That's so beautiful, and I'm sure you've met um, and had the chance to at least speak momentarily with or get a get a nice nod from uh, a few of your idols oh, yeah. over the years. Wh- when you were touring with, once again, Girl in a Coma, you speak of Fani, that is your sister, Fani Diaz, mm-hmm. who is on drums in the band. And then we have Jen on bass. And I mean, they've done so much stuff. Uh, you guys really have to listen to some of their music, including uh, let's listen to a little song, uh, Yo Oigo by Girl in a Coma. That was on the Robert Rodriguez movie, Machete. Song. That is a good I song. Some of these songs I haven't heard in forever, and I'm like, oh. That's actually actually was like a really. I was you know doing my research, and mm-hmm. I hadn't heard that one before, and I definitely had to get down in my room for a second. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to catch me. You know, it's funny. I will, including your music, and of course, you know, several other artists. But you know, if you see me like walking down the street with headphones in, first of all, I'm in blinder mode because I'm literally doing choreography in my head <laughs> but like sometimes you'll see my body like twitch a little bit because i'm like yeah. dancing yeah. you know that's nice. a that's the kind of the feeling i got when i was listening to that nice. um once again that was yo ego from girl in a coma we're sitting here with nina diaz and you, you were speaking of about your morrissey tour were you on the joan jet uh, label yet at that point or we were we were yeah, I yes. love it. Yes. yes, just another um, of the great accolades and, or excuse me, accomplishments of Girl in a Coma. But we're sitting here with Nina Diaz and we're talking about her in the future and really her work ethic over the years. I remember when we went to go see Wendy Williams together yeah. when she was here at the Health Expo in San Antonio, Texas. Um, we we met Wendy very briefly and it was it was sweet. She didn't say a word to me. She, I was wearing very tight pink pants, so I <laughs> did my ramble on about, yes, I love Suzanne, and you know, Ask Wendy's the best part of the show, and Gene Simmons was right about this or whatever, and then uh, she just looked down at my dick and then looked at me and, not, and shook her head, and, <laughs> <laughs> and that was about it. But after that, we, we saw to the side, we were with our friend David. Mm-hmm. 
David of Metro PCS, <laughs> who um, you know saw he he's more of a super fan than I am of Wendy, and he saw um, her stylist and makeup artist sitting off to the side, mm-hmm. Mimsor and Jai, and we went over to speak with them, mm-hmm. and it was very cute because you know I definitely noticed that you you took uh, a moment after we talked for of course a second about you let us fan out yeah. and then you took a second to find whatever you had in your in your bag and a flyer or something and give them you know the information on your music yeah. and that's one of the things you really have to do is um really not be afraid to put your stuff out there um have you found some you, that you've gotten some of your lucky breaks that way just like putting yourself out there oh definitely most of our career has been a lucky break <laughs> like and a lot of work a lot of hard work a lot of chances um trying to think outside the box you know first of all it begins with having the passion having the passion for the music having some talent and then working on that talent and being able to be open-minded to different things and that work that work knowing that you have to tour you have to play shows you have to promote like all of that goes inside of this kind of business you can't just expect it to be dropped off at you of like here you go here's everything planned for you like you know that's why i'm not really that much interested (laughs) in like the voice and Mm -hmm. you know american idol and stuff like that because yeah these people have stories but if you think you're going to go up there and do this show and then that's that easy, it's like, will you really appreciate it? You know, like I always just, not to judge, but it's no, like, of course. It, there's so much work that goes into this. And I don't mean to talk bad about other people that have made it and stuff, but I just wonder, are you going to squander it? Like, because it was given so fast. That's why I'm kind of happy that with our career, it's kind of been an easy you know, raise. It's it wasn't just bam, bam. You know, like we're still progressing because if it hit too hard, who knows if I'd still be alive? You know, because I'm struggling with my addictions and whatnot. But the different people that we've met, especially now in my solo stuff, like I said, I we made a lot of connections with Girl in a Coma. Like doing that um, that documentary for Jammin, it was just so random. That I don't know. Um, and t- tell people what tell people about so that. So Jammin is this thing that was on CTV, and we were doing the pilot episode. And I don't even know if CTV is still a station. Anymore. Oh, it is. It is, is. It? Uh, CTV oh, where Degrassi airs. Okay. Okay. There you go. There <laughs> yes. you go. So it was on oh, CTV, yeah. and the the producers lived in LA, and they used to be. They were from San Antonio, though. So they were asking people that they knew is there any bands that we should look out for to do this pilot episode because jamin was supposed to be based around following a band for a little while and then a climax of them meeting an idol giving them some advice and then they're on their way just kind of like a documentary style thing so a lot of people were suggesting girl in a coma girl in a coma so we met them and now the producer's our manager and has been our manager since then you know her name's faith and I know you've met Faith. Like she was started off as our producer, and her baby daddy is like. Yes. <laughs> and congratulations yeah. to her and her baby daddy oh, on her yeah. on their recent child. Oh yeah, and and now he's like our main. He directed Trick Candle. Like we worked together. So they did that pilot episode with us, and in that is when we met Joan Jett. And then with Joan Jett, we thought she was just gonna say, "Hey, good job," and then that's it. But she's like, "Here's a record label. Like here's a deal," and <laughs> yeah. we're like okay like this is this is good so it's been a lot of things like that like 
they set them up and then we knock it down. You know, it's like put who you need to put in our faces so we can just show them what we're about. And once we show them what we're about, they'll get the point. And if they don't get it, then on to the next person because we got something. Like that's what we were thinking with Girl in Coma. Like there's something here. Somebody has, has to understand. Somebody has to take a chance on us. And they did. You know, Blackheart did so much for our career. And now that's that same mentality that I have with my solo stuff is something's here. This is a sound. This is something different. Somebody has to take a chance on it. So I'm ready to work and go out there on the road. And I tell my people, my manager and everyone, I'm like, just put those people that you need to in front of me and I'll do the rest, you know? I mean, I love that attitude. And really coming with the the passion and the strength is something that I love about your music. Let's take a listen to one of my favorites on the album, which I think just has exactly what you're talking about going for it. Here's January 9th. Every time I try to look away, I scream your name. Every time I try to walk away, I still the same. Oh, I'm the back of my I would like to shout out Mr. David. I love David, and he is one of our mutual friends, Nina and I. Make sure to check um, check him out at Metro PCS. Direct One Wireless has opened a new Metro PCS, actually, at 2414 Palo Alto Road, connected to the Texaco at Palo Alto and Villarreal. Make sure to go and see David and tell him that we sent you, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, if we if he ain't there, tell him that David sent you. That's, what you need, <laughs> that's all you need to hear. Um, that is David. And we are listening again to January 9th from Nina Diaz and her solo album, The Beat Is Dead. So I know you are gearing up for tour. What what, what are you doing? Where are you going? What's the tea? Well, it has been since last year was our last my last tour with Nina solo. And so far this year has been a lot of arranging. It's that whole set them up so I can knock them down kind of thing. And we're going to do a summer tour. And it'll start in June. We'll do the East Coast and then we'll do the West Coast. So basically all of summer I'll be out on the road because now I actually have the album. Like I did some tours before the album was released, which is so hard. And it's so draining because... You want to give somebody your songs at the end of the show. That's why I tell people, just make a quick little demo, you know, just so people could get the idea and keep them happy until you release the full thing because people want to hear your songs when they leave the show. They want to put it on in their car and stuff. And it was just killing me knowing that I had the album. I was like, there's so many times where I was like, I'm just going to burn some copies and just have them on tour, you know, like whatever. Like, I'll just do mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. And then finally it came and... I have some patience now because of all of this, but I don't have much, but I have gained some. 
So this will be a really strong tour, I think. It'll be a headlining tour, or we'll switch off co-headlining with somebody. Um, we're still organizing all of that. I'm still trying to put myself out there for a bigger tour, like with Metric or Depeche Mode or Duran Duran. Because after touring with Morrissey, not to say that I'm thinking, oh, I should get these things. After doing something like that, it makes your mind think that anything is possible. possible. Mm-hmm. You know? And the only thing you got to do is put yourself out there, like we were saying. And so I, I just have it in my mind that with my solo stuff, first of all, I'm glad I did it because it helped me get sober. Second of all, I met my fiance in the band, you know, and they were getting married, you know. So a lot of great things have happened because I decided to rip the Band-Aid and say, hey, I need to do a solo record, you know, even though it was a little difficult when I first talked about it. But now we're all happy and we're all, the girls have Bang Bang Bar, they have Faya, like all these different changes have happened because I decided like, I got to try something different for a little while. And I tell myself, if I could get, like, I'm, first of all, I'm proud that I made the record. But if I could get a one big tour or go overseas with my album, that I would be super happy. I'd feel really extra accomplished if I could do that. So that's what I'm, you know, and it's good to set goals for your career, but realistic. You know, yeah, think of those amazing what I wish one day, but to keep your mind set on what can I do now? What can be proactive now? Instead of setting yourself up for disappointment, because believe me, I felt disappointment through the solo stuff, and it knocks you down. And it, I'm in bed watching forensic files, you know, just eating cereal. Like, yes, what am I doing forensic with my files. Life, you know? Oh my god, I, you know, I, I love that you love forensic files. And let's talk about a few other things that you love. We're gonna take one last break. Um, I actually had someone reach out to me, a great guy, Sideways Sage, with a new song. So let's take a few seconds to check that out. Download Ooh. Sideways Sage's new song, Useless Heart, on SoundCloud. Just random, relaxing beats to get you in the mood. Um, and introducing new artists to the world. And we're sitting here with a, a seasoned artist at the very young age of... 13. Vi- oh, I no, I started oh, at 13. Oh, when I started at thir- Oh, me. Do you, I mean, do you mind me I'm asking I'm still your age? 13. <laughs> yes, I love it. Listen, I, I feel you. In my you. mind. I no, be, I'm 29. I'm I love 29. it. I want to be 18 forever. 29-year-old <laughs> Nina Diaz of Girl in a Coma. Um, so she loves forensic files and... <laughs> And crafting, uh-huh. yes. What's your favorite crafty thing to do? What do you like to make? I actually like to make jewelry boxes. Like, I don't oh. make them themselves. Yes. Like, I get the boxes, of course, like at Michael's and stuff. But I do pictures. I print out pictures and I modge podge 
the stuff on it. Oh, nice. So I, I made a lot of those for people for Christmas because I'm a broke musician. So I'm like, this is heartfelt, though. Like, this is something that means something. So I did some pictures of, you know, like Jen's mother had um, passed away a while back. So I printed out some pictures of her and put them on the jewelry box. And for Fannie, I did more CE and stuff. So I like to make those. It's really calming. And I like to make... Um, chakra mirrors like i get the little board that's already like a plaque looking thing and i put a mirror on there and then i just paint the chakra lotuses on there and what is the purpose or um explain the chakras to us really quick so chakras please. is your the seven energies that you have from your root chakra up to your crown chakra which is up on your top of your head and you've heard like the third eye and stuff like that so it's basically we're all tuned in to these energies like if you've ever noticed that you can't say something like something you want to talk about so bad your throat chakra is clogged and there's different things you can do to open it up one of the things of course it says is singing singing opens up your throat chakra and there's different meditations to you can do colors that you can be attracted to because everything affects everything in this universe because there is the law of attraction i i do believe in there's energy there's karma there's past lives like i believe in all of that and i think chakras really help me get in tuned with the things i need to get in tuned with and it's not easy to keep that kind of mentality all the time there's times where i just i'm like oh there's no point like it, it <laughs> happens and that's part of chakras as well is that you do give up sometimes like in your crown chakra and your third eye so it's kind of just an exercise of things to get you tuned back into the universe again that sounds cool so do you have a, a connection is that your that's part of your spirituality i suppose yeah. and you know it's funny interesting sometimes or what's interesting to me is really um spirituality and faith i think is so broad and there's so many things you can take from different mm -hmm. so many different aspects of it um is that what do you find comfort in that sort of thing and does it help you relax and maybe feel more uh, in place in the world at times it does because actually when i because i was raised catholic but not going to church all the time but i have sexy jesus in my house and yes. you know rosary we do the rosary <laughs> we light candles i've always been like i do the rosary with my mom at least once a month you know like we we have that faith in the household but after i got sober I actually went to Krishnanism for a little while. Like hmm. I'd go to temple, I had my japa beads, I was praying, I was straight up Krishna for a moment, like for yes. a good couple of mo months actually. And I would go to these seminars and I would see the, the monks and, and they would talk. But some of the things that they said, I just didn't agree with. You know, um, for instance, they said, if you don't create for Krishna, basically it's pointless. Basically it doesn't, matter because it has to be for krishna and then i think well i create music for people i create music so people can enjoy it right now here on earth and after i'm gone so it's not necessarily all for krishna it's for the people so that's where i kind of clash there and then a fellow friend had passed away in there and the way it just was handled i just didn't feel right with it and so i kind of stepped back but that's that thing, you grab what you want. And I feel that same way from different religions because essentially it's all the same. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a different name. It's a different picture. It's a different color. You know, like that's it. So right now, chakras and meditation are the things that I gravitate to fastest. The things that are 
because I'm a quick kind of person of like, give me something quick. Give me something that can help me right now. So chakras and meditations are the best thing for me. And I still practice a bit of Catholicism. You know, I pray. I pray to saints and I do my rosaries. And, you know, I tell God, I'm like, please help me sometimes. <laughs> or thank you, God. You know, so that keeps me grounded. Even as things get really, really stressful and I'm like, give me a sign. Give me a sign. Like, I really do put myself out there. Just the same as you have to put yourself out there for your career. You have to do that in your faith. Like, you can't just expect God or whatever you believe in to fix everything right away. I do believe they, whoever you look up to, or whether it's God or whoever, puts what they need to in your life. And it's up to you if you're going to take it, if you're going to take that sign. If you don't, after a while, if he or she, they keep showing you signs and you're not taking them, they'll probably just be like, all right, well, you're on your own. You know, so I try to look out for the signs whenever I can. That's important. That's actually something I've been trying to remind myself of mm -hmm. daily. So everyone out there, make sure to look for the signs. And okay. I'm sure you found uh, you found quite a few good signs in your fiance Jorge. I have to say oh, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you are about to get married. Yeah, thank that's fantastic. You. Yes, and I really sense the love and the the tranquility and peace in in your new album the beat is dead so um let's check out one last song from nina diaz um one of my favorites also this one's called for you cued it up to when you do one of your um high very <laughs> breathy notes but if you want to um catch one of those notes and check out the entire fantastic um first solo album from nina diaz make sure to go to itunes or nina diaz music make sure to follow nina on instagram and all social media um well on instagram i know she's at nina diaz music but everywhere else you're just nina diaz yes. right and um, just to keep up with whatever the, the hell she's doing. Yeah. I mean, it's been so cool to have you here, Nina. And we have our friend Anne in the corner who's been waiting yeah. patiently. Shout out to <laughs> Anne. Yeah. And to Mr. Nick Shan. Do you want to say hello, Nick? <laughs> that is our sound engineer, um, Nick. You'll get to know Nick in the next few weeks. I love it, Nick Shan. Thanks to you to thank you to RTE Studios for having me once again. My name is Wayne Holtz, um, pop artist outside out of San Antonio, Texas. Mm -hmm. Make sure to download my music for free on WayneHoltz.Bandcamp.com. And I have one song that you can purchase if you would like um, called Bored on the Dance Floor. So that is my newest song. Make sure to check it out and download the podcast, guys. Um, tell your friends about it. Subscribe on iTunes. Rate us those five stars. And have a beautiful day. Here is the exit. <laughs> Goodbye, Nina. Goodbye, Wayne. Here's Bored on the Dance Floor by Wayne Holtz. Yeah, 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 yeah
get too bored staring at the dance floor And it gets too hard to hide what you came for Let the music show your hips what they're made